In today's show, I'm going to be joined by Walker Mail of Locked On Hornets to talk about Charlotte and their season coming up. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me, as always, on Twitter at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Another season preview show. We're talking Charlotte Hornets with the hosts of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So, hey, don't, not going to wait any longer. Let's get into it right now. All right, so here he is, the host of one of the hosts of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Walker Mail is back with us. Walker, uh, welcome back to the show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. How's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. We're here getting ready for this next season in the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, a lot of excitement around this team uh, this year, I guess, after the debut season of LaMelo Ball. It's, uh, it's something that hasn't always been associated with Charlotte, but things are things are looking up in uh, in terms of excitement levels for this team in the future. Yeah, I mean, the young guys now, you have some kind of core that you can feel good about. And that wasn't always the case. Look, the best days here recently have come from Kimball Walker and certainly that playoff appearance you had in 15-16. And as the salary cap rose, we gave it all to Nick Batum, MKG, Cody Zeller had $15 million a year. And it just wasn't enough to get to the postseason consistently and certainly not to advance once you got there. So then you reset after Kimball leaves. And you draft Miles Bridges. He was actually here with Kimba his last season. Miles has done an excellent job improvement, uh, improving, like P.J. Washington a lot. And, of course, LaMelo Ball. You hit on him as soon as his first year in the league. The guy was awesome last season. 15, 6, and 6, really closer to 16. The efficiency was pretty good before he went out with that broken, uh, that fractured wrist. So, I mean... <laughs> It's the most exciting time for the Charlotte Hornets, certainly what you saw last year in a long, long history of just not having anything to look forward to so much. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's it. Now, you know that you've got like a potential superstar sitting there with Lamelo and, and good pieces around him. And now it's like, I guess, getting the next parts of the equation right. But there is a lot of excitement there. But Walker, let's just start off. We'll get straight into it because we don't have time to muck around here. What's your projected starting five for this Hornets team? Yeah, I think... The number one is going to be LaMelo. And then after his contract extension, Terry Rozier is going to be the shooting guard. Gordon Hayward is going to be the small forward. I think Miles Bridges will be your starting power forward. And if you look at last year, that's a change. It was actually PJ starting at the four. Um, Miles, I think, will be the starting power forward this year. And I actually think Mason Plumley is going to be the starting five. So the first three guys, that's Cake, LaMelo, Terry, yep. Gordon. That's going to be easy. Miles, pretty easy. And then you look at the center. P.J. Washington played a lot of minutes at that small ball five spot last year, and it was a positive net rating. P.J. shooting really stretched the defense, and that was an awesome lineup that I loved the Borrego would go to. Mason Plumley, though, I think with his acquisition here, I think he'll probably start for this team, and especially just hearing some of James Borrego's comments after the acquisitions, I think he'll start, but I still think they're uh, going to rely heavily on P.J. Washington playing some minutes at the five um so maybe those will be the closing lineups the significant lineups but mason will start at that center spot 
Yeah, I, I would say that four of those five are, are guaranteed, and that includes Mason Plumley at the five. I would have thought they would have gone back to PJ Washington there, but given that they don't really have a backup center option on the roster, it, maybe it makes it easier to bring him off the bench and have him play uh, at the backup five and then play some uh, alongside uh, alongside Mason Plumley at the four in those lineups and, and have him still play a similar minute load, which was about 30 last season, uh, but coming off that bench while Bridges starts, uh, Bridges starts at the four, which again, I don't think it changes. Maybe you can disagree with me here in terms of how much Bridges and Washington actually play, whether they start or come off the bench, more of just a situation that there isn't a, uh, a backup set center on this team when they were running Zeller and Biombo a lot last year, to, not together, but in the same game. And then Washington get sort of spot minutes at center, whereas now they're going to rely upon him a little bit more to play at the center position. Yeah, I mean, and, and he played a lot again last year. Uh, the, the thing is, you know, Miles came on so strong at the end of the yeah. season too. He was always rock solid. His numbers, his efficiency, they were always really good. But then Gordon Hayward goes down for a long time. LaMelo, Malik, who you were relying on offensively, you had a lot of firepower go out. They asked Miles Bridges to take a step up, and he does so. The numbers were bananas for him last season in the last month. He's averaging 20 a game. He's shooting like 45% from three, 50% from the field. The free throw percentage was excellent, and that's on a higher volume as his role expanded. And so that's why I think Miles will probably get that four spot. And PJ has kind of made Borrego at least frustrated at times. You know, he would kind of hold P.J. Washington back every once in a while, do these weird things where Vernon Carey would get the start, get a couple of fouls early, P.J. would roll in immediately and then play a long time. Uh, but you're right. It, I, I expected them to do a couple of other things at the center spot this year, and they were done, essentially, after, dra uh, after trading for Mason Plumley, Kai Jones is not ready. Uh, he's going to see a lot of Greensboro Swarm time in the G League this season. Vernon Carey is going to be interesting to see how many minutes he gets. Offensively, he's polished. Defensively, he knows where to be, but he's not as athletic, right? So I, I think Vernon Carey is an interesting guy. The problem is it's always hard to get a grip on what Borrego is going to do. I mean, he's a mad scientist. You know, he goes to those three-guard lineups that was brought on by OKC when Schroeder was there, but then the Hornets, uh, they leaned into it with the Devontae, Lamelo, and Terry Rozier lineup, and you know, putting PJ at the five a lot. So it's really hard to get a grip on what Borrego is going to do consistently because, you know, he's constantly changing it. I think Washington also needs to improve some of his shot selection and some of his efficiency because as a center, his true shooting is well below average and he needs to work on, on some of that stuff. Uh, it takes a lot of threes, which is you know, by design, but some sometimes the shooting uh, numbers aren't particularly great for PJ. But again, uh, from a fantasy perspective, it doesn't really worry me whether Bridges or, or Washington starts. In fact, having Washington come off the bench is probably better for his fantasy value because he does put up better numbers when he plays at center and coming off the bench puts him more into those center minutes. And again, you have Nick, Nick Richards who might not even be on the team, to be honest, because they, right. they still have more uh, more guaranteed contracts than actually guaranteed roster spots at this point. Someone needs to go. And Vernon Carey, they're not going to be yeah, taking huge, huge minutes at that center position if they play even at all. And as you said, Kai Jones isn't ready, but I'll tell you what is ready. Bet online. They are getting ready for football season, whether it is pro football or college football. The season is starting really, really soon, and you need to find Bet Online because that is the place where you need to place your bets for football. They not only have... Um, your standard bets, but there's props, there's other contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest. Head to the website 
or you use your mobile device and sign up today to get that 100% welcome bonus. And also, they've got an opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September the 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we've covered a little bit here in terms of your bench and how we think the rotation is going to go. But in terms of the main rotation guys coming off the bench on a regular night, do you think Borrego is going to be a nine-man guy, a 10-man guy? How do you think that's going to go? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, I think Ish Smith is going to be your backup point guard, and he'll get – he's averaged about 20 minutes per game throughout the last couple of seasons. I, I can see Ish Smith playing a decent amount of minutes at backup point guard. James Booknight will be interesting because of the defensive – awareness that he needs to bring to the NBA level, right? Like, I wonder if that's going to keep him off of the floor or if the driving ability and his scoring ability is going to be too good, especially when you lose a Devontae and you lose a Malik. And Kelly Oubre could also give you that backcourt option, but James Booknight will be there too. Kelly Oubre is going to be, you know, probably he along with the P.J. Washington, right? Like your sixth man. Those guys are going to be interchangeable in that regard. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, Probably more small forward backup, but can play the two. Also can maybe play some four. Borrego, again, crazy. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to him who he throws out there. And then P.J. Washington, you know, like, he'll back up Miles and Mason, but it, it feels weird to call him a backup because he's going to play so many significant minutes, and, and he'll be in your closing lineups more so than a Mason Plumley will. Jalen McDaniels, I also think, is going to be in the rotation, and I think he should be. I love his defensive awareness, but also even if the shooting went down a tick last season as the volume and the minutes went up, I think he is going to bounce back from that. I believe in Jalen McDaniel shooting. I also believe in him and just being a 6'10", movable three, a mobile three. Like those guys, you can't have enough of them in my opinion. I really like what Jalen McDaniels can bring. So I think those are going to be the main guys, um, which leaves a Kai Jones out for the most part. A Cody Martin, even if Borrego likes his defense, I just don't think there's enough minutes to give him. And then, of course, your deep bench guys aren't going to be really like a Kubolka two-way players like that. So I think PJ, Jalen McDaniels, Kelly Oubre, Booknight, Smith, those are going to be the guys coming off of the bench. Do you think there's a chance that Booknight isn't a part of the rotation and they play Oubre as the backup 2-3 and then McDaniels as the 3-4 and Washington as the 4-5? Yeah, I do think so. And I, I think especially at the beginning, I, I think that at the very beginning of the season, Borrego might try to ease Book Knight into those minutes. And then eventually you might go to him because, again, I just talked to you about how much I believe in McDaniels, maybe playing Kelly Oubre in the backcourt to help out, give you some size and maybe some defensive intensity there. Certainly going to be a better defender than Book Knight coming in just as a rookie. And remember, Borrego handled LaMelo Ball kind of like that. Didn't want to throw too much at him at the beginning of the season. And it took a while for him to start. I believe it was an injury that allowed LaMelo to start after he did. There's no way you can bring him back to the bench. The guy was awesome. So, um, I mean, I think the way that Borrego has handled him uh, maybe that allows you to get some insight in how he'll handle James Booknight. But that's going to be you know, one of the more intriguing things to see maybe the first month of the season. Yeah, it, it will be very, very interesting. And basically, this Hornets team has got seven starters with those, you know, Rozier and Ball, Haywood, Bridges, Plumley, and Washington Ubre. So 
if right. you're not named one of those seven guys, your minutes are going to be relatively low, I would imagine. So even if Booknight does play or McDaniels does play and Smith is going to play, obviously, as the backup point guard, is there's just not a huge amount of playing time for those guys to to go around. And even you know, someone like Ubre may not even play as much as he did last season in Golden State because for you know, the, the Hornets aren't the best team in the NBA. We know that. But the rotation's pretty stacked. There's a lot of players there. And there'll be injuries. Haywood will get hurt at some point. Bridges might right. get hurt. Washington, Plumlee, whoever. Someone's going to get hurt. Multiple players right. are going to get hurt, and those minutes will come up. But on an every night healthy basis, it's just it's harder to find those big that big playing time for those guys. Absolutely, you mentioned Gordon Hayward. That's part of the reason they brought in Kelly Oubre. You know, this is someone that has that injury history, and last season was no different. And I think what maybe even spooked the Hornets a little more so is that Gordon Hayward was actually supposed to come back before Lamelo Ball and before Malik Monk. And LaMelo Ball actually heals a little faster, so he plays like the last 10 games of the season. Malik plays the last 10 games of the season, and Gordon continues to slowly and surely miss this game, that game, until he doesn't play at all the rest of the year. And I think that probably spooked him on top of his injury history. So Kelly Oubre probably asked for too much money at the beginning of free agency, doesn't get it. The Hornets, one of the few teams to have some cap space and they throw 12 mil at him. And the second year isn't even guaranteed. So I, I, even with that being said, I do think Kelly Oubre will find his minutes either via injury, but certainly, as you mentioned, he's part of that seven starter group, just the guys that are going to get significant minutes this year. In terms of injuries, we've touched on it a little bit here already. Gordon Haywood had um, a wrist injury, then he had some some foot problems as well. Um, Is is he ready to go to the beginning of the season? Yeah, should be good. You know, so again, right, like it was a surprise to see him miss the rest of the season after we got that initial diagnosis from him. But all all indication is that he's going to be ready to go at the beginning of the season. I think that's true for basically every player. Um, so good to be healthy at this time and hopefully Gordon can hold up this year. And then the other one is Kelly Oubre. Of course, he wasn't on Charlotte last season, but his year ended due to a wrist injury. But as you said, everyone is ready to go for training camp. So we don't have any concerns there. Yep. Should be good. I haven't heard anything about Kelly Oubre's injury as far as if there's any setback for him or anything like that. So yeah, all things should be pretty positive heading into the season as far as any injury goes. And that's, uh, that's awesome to hear. Again, that's not always going to stay that way. We're all right. well aware of that, but it's uh, it's always good, it's good to be in that position at, uh, at this early point. Now, if you're in a position where you need a part for your car, rockauto.com is the place that you need to go. Rock Auto is the uh, the place that really should be the, the choice for everybody who's looking to get parts for their car. You don't want to go into a local chain store and have to deal with their nonsense there of uh, you know intimidating questioning or waiting behind the counter and then getting charged more for the for the privilege of that. No thanks. You've got a computer in your pocket and you can access rockauto.com right now. Go find the parts that you need. You might save 30, 50, even 100% off the price that you would pay in a chain store or at a car dealership. Rock Auto is an online business, family-owned business, been serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years. So head to rockauto.com, browse their easy-to-use website, find the parts that you need, and purchase them. And then when you're doing that, go in and use the, the, the code locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then when you're doing your ordering at Rock Auto, get yourself a built Bar because it is the best tasting protein bar ever as a nice snack, as a healthy treat. These bars are absolutely delicious. Walker, what's your favorite flavor of built Bar? Oh my God. 
they're all so good. I, the grasshopper cookie, it's always the limited I had flavors. It. I haven't had that. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. The limited ones, raspberry cheesecake, it's back, and that's that's one of my favorites as well. Oh, the grasshopper cookie and the churro puff was so good. It was a little lighter. If that's your taste, I can't get enough of the Bill Bars. So not only are they delicious, we can talk about the flavors all day, but they're also healthy. <laughs> 17 to 18 grams of protein in these bars. They range between 130 to 180 calories, just four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs as well. Walker, can you answer me this question? Why in America, and this is, Bill Barr's not going to like this, in America, you're using pounds and ounces, except I'm doing these ad reads and they're telling me there's 17 grams of protein. What's going on? I don't know. Don't ask me about any of that. I have no clue. We need to adopt a different system. But the thing is, I've already gotten used to this one. So I just am going to go with it. If that, I just, I basically read the copy. I am Ron Burgundy reading the copy in front of me, and I'm just going to roll with that. I know what 17 to 18 grams of protein means, but uh, many, many people listening to this won't know what 17 to 18 grams. But regardless, it's, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's a good, good amount. Josh. It's, That's it's, what I know. I it know is, it's a good thing. It is a good amount. So go built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll save 15% off your order. Built.com. The promo code is LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off of your favorite box of Built Bars. Now, let's get back into the questions we've got here, Walker. Um, I think you've already answered, but how much small ball do you think we're going to see? Is Mason Plumley going to be a 28-minute-a-night center? Will he be a starter that plays 20 minutes and we're just going to run small the whole time? Like, How much do you expect to see here? Yeah, I, I mean, Cody Zeller was somebody that got about 20 minutes last year. I think he should have been playing a decent amount more, especially when they would go to the Bismack Biombo minutes. I thought Cody <laughs> was clearly better, but James Brego decided that he at least liked that defensive presence more so. I thought it was ill-advised, but he liked Bismack a little bit more. I think Mason probably gets those Cody minutes. So maybe we're talking about, you know, something like 20, 23 is probably where I'd go with, with Mason Plumley. And I think, I think PJ Washington is still going to play a decent amount there. Borrego has talked about how effective he was playing that center spot. And here's the thing that's interesting about PJ too. It's not only the offense where he's got to shoot better inside the arc. That's the biggest thing offensively for him because the two point percentage was not good. He missed bunnies and that's what he needs to focus on. But defensively, him being even undersized, the guy was one of the better shot blockers in all the NBA last year. His rim protection was pretty good. I, I like him at that size, being able to defend down low. And that's something the Hornets have that when other teams go to a small ball lineup, they don't have like a PJ. And Miles can also come in and help defend the rim a little bit as well. So with all that, with, with encompassing all the skill set that even PJ can bring to the defensive side, I do think they're going to start to lean on PJ Washington at that center spot more so too, leaving Mason Plumley getting the start, playing against bigger dudes, but still probably getting you, I would say something around like 23 minutes a game would be a guess I have. Yeah, I think that's exactly where I have him projected around 23 to 24 minutes a night. As a starting center, PJ comes in, gets the rest of those. Maybe there's a couple of Vernon Carey minutes in there, but basically yeah. um, half the game you're going to be going with small ball with Charlotte. That's sort of how I see it. And as you mentioned, you're, PJ and his rim protection was really, really strong. He wasn't a great shot blocker when he plays next to a center, but put him out there as the only guy in there, and he did bring big numbers. And that's why, as a fantasy community, we love seeing PJ Washington play at center because we know those block numbers go way up and his numbers yeah, improve significantly. And I think we're going to see probably more of him at center this season than we did last season. Um, Lamelo Ball, we know that he started out on fire last year, and then he was coming off the bench, and we were clamoring, uh, yeah, start the guy, start the guy, start the guy. The thing that I think is not necessarily hidden, but when he did move into the starting lineup, his assist rate dropped and his usage rate dropped. And while we can look at his overall numbers and go, they're really good numbers. 
as a starter, we saw both of the assist rates really curious to me. Both of those things dropped as a, as a starter versus as a bench player. Was there any particular reason that you saw the usage? Fair enough. You're playing alongside Betty, better players, Haywood and Rogier, those guys are out right. there. Why would the assist rate have dropped when he was playing as a starter? Well, you know, it's funny. Biz Magbiambo has always had the reputation of not being able to catch the ball. Yes. And when he does, you're not going to get a whole lot of made shots from him. And LaMelo was able to dish down low quite a bit. Then we talk about the P.J. Washington aspect of his two-point percentage just not being as good. I don't know if that's just one of those freak things. There's nothing that comes too much to mind. Uh, maybe just the fact that Terry Rozier was handling the basketball alongside a LaMelo too. And maybe he would take a couple of dribbles inside and then try to force something himself because his two point percentage, it shot right up last season. Oh yeah. Massive. Uh, it went from like 40, I mean, 43 to 50 or something. I'm oh, sure. it was insane. And and that's, that's the thing that you look at for Terry's improvement. It, it's not the three point percentage, oh, yeah. which he's been fantastic at the last two seasons. It's, it was the mid range game, like 43.6, I think, or something like that to going over 50. And so as far as the assist going down, maybe LaMelo felt a little bit more, responsibility with the basketball in his hands like maybe it's his time to shine I, I didn't have anything at, uh, that I was able to pinpoint and say yeah that's why the assist went down um, but I, I would expect that not to necessarily carry out again right like I would think more minutes obviously the assist I, I wonder what the assist rate is going to be I, I think it'll probably still be uh, higher with him you know probably taking more responsibility even more so handling the basketball and you, um, you won't have special those, player though. You won't have those three guard lineups as well with him and Devontae Graham out there. It'll be him right. and, and Terry Rogier. So I think some of the, the drop was when playing with Devontae also. Because Devontae, yeah. I think people would not realize this. He played 30 minutes a night last year as well, actually more minutes per game than what Lamella Ball did. So there's obviously crossover between those two quite a bit during the year. So I think, yeah, while we did see that drop with Lamello starting, that with Devontae out of the picture, we're not going to see huge amounts of Ish Smith and Lamella Ball. God, I hope we don't see too much of those two playing together. Um <laughs> so I think Lamelo's usage might be down again because you're playing with Rogier and Haywood and Bridges and Washington, all these guys who are decent usage players. I think the assist rate, though, as a starter, should remain relatively high. Kelly right. Jr., now we've touched on this a little bit, came across after his market dried up. Um, you know, played a lot of three, but uh, again, you, you did mention this, and I agree with you. I think he's going to be playing a lot more too with this team because of really, you know, you've got Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward who can handle a lot of those three minutes. So Ubre is going to be sort of playing down a little bit. Are you, and I'm not worried about this, but I think what we saw with Ubre last season was a complete non-fit and a complete lack of confidence. And I often, I don't know how accurate this yeah, theory is that I have, but when you see players suffer gigantic drops in free throw percentage, which Ubre did. He went from like a 78 or 79% guy to 71%. It's because they are not happy. They're not happy in their environment. They're not happy in their role. They don't like where they sit in the team. And while we criticized so much of his shooting, which was really bad last year, the three-point percentage ended up being okay. But to me, that lack of confidence and lack of confidence in his own game was reflected in the free throw percentage. I expect all that stuff to come back. But what what sort of role are we expecting him to him to have? Is it is he a twenty minute a night reserve? Is he we've touched on a little bit, but is it twenty minutes? Is it twenty eight minutes? How is he uh, is he considered a starter who doesn't start? Like where is he sort of positioned on this squad? Yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting question too. I think probably maybe splitting the difference is the easy answer, but also the right answer. Like maybe you see him starting to get up there, maybe towards like a twenty six, something like that, a twenty seven, maybe, uh, maybe so even a little bit closer to that twenty eight. But as far as his role goes, 
I, I think the way that Malik Monk was able to attack the basket last season and finish pretty highly so, he was probably your best finisher among all the backcourt players. You don't have that anymore. Kelly Oubre can certainly bring that if you play him at the two also, can also help you defensively just even being bigger, um, but also doing a good job of staying in front of his man. Maybe you want that size to combat a Terry Rozier who's in there, but even playing alongside LaMelo, LaMelo's got the size, but you know LaMelo undisciplined defender now you know he'll he'll get some pretty instinctual steals but also he'll allow guys to drive right by him like he still has a lot of work to do on the defensive end I, I think Kelly Oubre offensively you're going to look for him to attack I think you're hoping that he can get to 35 percent from three that would certainly help a lot I also think that this was a pretty good shooting team last season you lose Devante you lose Malik but you still have Gordon Hayward I think Miles Bridges shooting is pretty standard for it wasn't 40 percent last year but i think it won't go down too much like i still think you can talk about him shooting 37 or 38 i think pj is pretty bona fide so my point being you're gonna have those guys around him to at least gain your attention and that'll leave the driving lanes for a kelly Oubre. so I, I think he'll be a significant factor um because you lost a couple guys that you relied on last year i mean who else is going to get those minutes it's going to be kelly so I, I think he'll have a significant role with this team, no doubt. Yeah, he's going to be one to watch. I think that there is every possibility that he has a much better season this season, but plays fewer minutes. Therefore, it doesn't necessarily translate into a better overall fantasy season. But if the shooting numbers and a lot of that stuff comes back up, which I do fully expect it to do, it just instead of playing 32 minutes or 33 minutes that he played with Golden State, he'll be playing 26 or 27 right. on this team. And that will push up if you've you know, long-term injuries hit and all that sort of stuff. But it is going to be interesting to see how much his lack of production and the shooting coolness um, was to do with situation and yeah, pressure that he puts on himself and the absolute diatribe of social media hate that was directed towards Cali Oubre all through last season has to have some sort of an impact on him. And if he's in a happier spot, I think we can see some of that stuff improve this season. It is going to be one to watch. Walker, that'll do it for us today. Thank you for coming on, chatting some Charlotte Hornets with me. And if anyone wants more in-depth information on the Hornets, Walker has your Charlotte Hornets Locked on Hornets podcast going five days a week. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. Man, always a good time talking with you, Josh. Thanks again for having me. And that'll do it for today's show. There will be another show coming where I talk more fantasy-specific stuff about the Charlotte Hornets. So follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Subscribe, notification bell, all of that stuff. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>